Hi everyone, Robbie here. I'm pleased to announce my next novel, War on Humanity. The long-awaited sequel to War on Halloween is finally here, and the stakes for the Dawsons have never been higher. It is available for pre-order now, releasing June 5th, 2023. Here is a brief description. Mike Dawson has returned to his family with ominous words, warning of a potential invasion. He carries the book, an arcane sinister tome with incredible power, and it's made him and his children targets. Targets of the government. They can't let the book or Mike's knowledge of it out in the wild, and Mike finds himself in the middle of a power struggle between multiple secretive agencies. He doesn't know who to trust as the threat of invasion looms, and a terrible discovery only complicates it more. They've found a second book. It's an identical copy to Mike's cursed artifact, with the same terrible potential, and it must be found before it's used to invite hell into our world. Now Mike and his family must find the second book, avoid capture, and stop the invasion before it's too late. The link to pre-order is in the show notes, available in print wherever you buy your books with the Kindle edition on Amazon. I've worked really hard on this one, and I would love for you to check it out. On to the show. Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt. We're here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? I am fantastic, Robbie. I felt this episode had it all. And by all, I mean a whole bunch of useless crap to fill in the fact that they weren't, you know, they didn't bother to actually expand the plot. We get like, when you really think about it, we got like an inside. This entire episode is an inciting incident with an ending. Yeah, tack- pretty much with an ending tacked on. Um, that, that's what this episode is. I uh, can't wait. I hope you guys are ready. We are brought to you by support us on Patreon. You support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpsons show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus material, bonus podcasts, $5 a month. Gain access to that much, much more. It's the best deal in podcasting. I say it once. I'll say it again. We have someone to thank Matthew. Ooh, lovely. Uh, I apologize if I butcher your name. I'm doing my best. Arsalan Filati. Thank you, Arsalan. Thank you, Arsalan. This week's episode, Judge Me Tender, episode MABF15, originally aired May 23rd, 2010, written by Dan Greeny and Alan Glazier, directed by Stephen Dean Moore, received a 3.2 rating with 5.7 million viewers. It is the final episode of season 21, Matt. Ooh, we are, huh, interesting. We've, we've gotten to the end of season 21, okay? We're slowly catching up, all right? In five years from now, maybe, we'll have caught up. Not even five years. At least seven years. <laughs> oh, no. Chalkboard uh, gag. The, oh, the end of Lost, it was all the dog's dream. Watch us. That's not That's not true. Okay. It's not true. I think this is them saying this is their prediction for the end of, what the end of Lost was. But that's not... That's not what the end of Lost was. It was... It was, it was all a dream. It was not... Okay. <laughs> I'm pro lost, okay? Even despite even despite the fact it definitely was the it was good very great it was great at the beginning and then kind of petered off as it went along. I still think ultimately all of Lost is very good um and worth watching. You fight me. Couch gag, Bart and Homer play puppet show versions of themselves fighting in front of the couch in the style of Punch and Judy, ending with a real Homer strangling the real Bart in the chamber beneath. The chamber beneath. <laughs> That's quite a way to say it. 
All right, Matt, you get, take a breath, okay? You ready? I suppose. This episode guest stars Simon Cowell, Rainy Jackson, Ellen DeGeneres, Kara DeGuardi, I don't know how to actually say her last name, Rupert Murdoch, and Ryan Seacrest as all of themselves. Woo! No one cares. I. That's the thing, Matt. Like, this isn't even like, oh, heyday American Idol, right? Like, first five seasons of American Idol or whatever, where it's on fire and everyone watches. Mm-hmm. This is, you know, we've lost we've lost some people. We've added more people for some for some reason. I don't know who half these people are because I stopped watching by this point. Like everyone has stopped watching by this point. Oof. Not everyone. I mean, people still watch. American I'm sure Idol. some a bored housewife somewhere watches Matt, American Idol. That's, still, but the rest of the world. that's race. That's racist, man. <laughs> How is that? I'm not it's not racist as to say it's, it's a little misogynist but okay there's plenty, there's on, plenty of men who watched American Idol as well okay there's not vapid men and women and even probably some non-binary folks enjoy American you know Idol. what you're right you're right okay Bored people who forgot to turn off the tv come in all genders some people like you know okay, vapid empty television because they don't want real things to fill up the brain because they're tired after working all day okay I understand Oh, this week, this episode. Okay, it's, I mean, this episode is fine. It's like it's not good. It's uh, maybe it's bad. I don't know, Matt. Like, I feel like that's the other thing. At the end of every season, I try and like take the t- take my temperature. Like on the whole season, on rectally the whole, or uh, orally. I mean, with the Simpsons lately, it's always rectally. <laughs> but I just, you know, just just to see, like, where am I at? And season twenty one was very bad. And it's and I at way this better, point way worse than I was expecting. Like I really thought season like the twenties would get a little better. No, this just seems to be not, getting worse. There are a lot of these episodes way down at the bottom. Not yet. We're not getting better yet. Not appreciably, but also this episode, I feel like I like it's very hard for me now to like go. Is this good? Is this bad? Like I, I don't think this episode is good by any means, but it's not utterly terrible. It's just kind of bad. And I think kind of bad just doesn't rankle me as much as it used to. Now I go, okay, it's over at least. It's, you know, it has problems. Um, and largely the problem with this episode, Matt, like, I don't, like, I don't even terribly dislike all the American Idol synergy stuff. I don't hate it. Well, no, because that that part of the episode, as as odd as it is, makes sense. It's everything else in the episode that I'm like, what in the world? And I'll, like, but it never gets going. That's it. Like, there's no plot. Like, they never get to the fireworks factory. As soon as they get there, the episode ends, and you're like, okay, why are we doing this? We start of all yeah, exactly. th- with all things. We start with an ugly dog contest. Uh, Bart and Homer are trying to make Sans little helper really ugly, so they win this contest. You know, they're putting makeup on the dog, they're coloring it fur, they're putting on fake hair and glasses and scrunchies and whatever, trying to make the dog ugly. And they can't compete. Sans little helper is just not that ugly of a dog, uh, no matter what they do. And then Bart has a has an incredible idea. Apparently, we don't see the results of this until at the end of this first act, because we then are now going to a pet fair i guess is, i guess that's a thing I, I mean i've been to cat fairs before and i know that like i know there's animals like specific animals i didn't think that yeah, was this is just a, pets in general all animals fair i got okay whatever um so the the simpsons are there the whole town's there apparently and there we're going to the ugly dog contest we're gonna see who competes 
Um, we cut to Mo, and at this point, now, so I go, what, what, why, why are we watching Mo? And then I, the, this is before I realized that this is a, ostensibly a Mo episode. Mo episode. I don't, Matt, I think I'm done with Mo. I think I'm tired. I'm done with Mo They've episodes. They've done everything. I'm pretty sure they have done everything they can do with Mo, quite frankly, because unless Mo develops a new character quirk or some kind or has another character that's dependent on if they bring Maya back as a uh, a recurring character that is recurring a lot more frequently and have her involved with Mo, okay, that's fine. But other than that, Mo is just best as a background character now. I th- I'm just like I don't want Mo to be a re- I don't want him to be a main character anymore. There's just nothing. I, apparently, they're not willing to do anything with him. So I don't. Why do I want to watch it? We get more suicide jokes out of it. Woo hoo! I love that. Um, but no one Mo was, no one wants Mo to sit next to them. And why would you? He's mean. He's vile. Like literally, this whole he probably episode, smells bad. He's yeah. Like he seems like an ugly, like an ugly, hate filled man. And no, I wouldn't want him <laughs> sitting next to me either. Like, they paint these people like they're mean or something. I'm like, well, I don't want most of it. Like, if you lived in a town and everyone knew the one guy who ran a bar and he's mean and vile and hate-filled, they would. if he showed up, you'd be like, oh, I don't want Mo to sit next to me. Someone else can bear that burden. So I don't blame them. Uh, we see Krusty is the judge. And I guess that I've never been to an ugly dog contest. Is this what they do? Is this the? Like, I have no clue. I've never been to one. I didn't know they were things. I thought they were only on TV. I don't know, Matt. But they treat it like a Friars Club roast, where Krusty is like roasting both the dog and the owner, and it's like, is this how? And this... I feel like there'd be more than one judge. I again, I don't know. Like it feels like this is just a construction uh, of the show. Like we need this is how it's going to work. So this is how we get into. This again, this is the inciting incident to the inciting incident to the inciting incident. There is never a plot in this episode. We never get to the actual like conflict until the episode is over and then it, the episode is over. Krusty's terrible at this. He's bored and bad. He's ma- making hacky jokes that would have been out of date in the 60s. Yeah, there's it's 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 pretty bad. Um but Mo is there sitting in the aisle cuz no one wants to give him a seat. And he starts heckling Krusty, and so Mo becomes the judge. Uh, hey, clown, we've heard you stand up. Now, how about some shut up? <laughs> Everybody's a comedian. Except you. <laughs> well, why don't you come up here and try to entertain him? Do it, Mo. Entertain us. Well, I guess I could. Uh, at least I'd get a chair. Check it out. Two train wrecks connected by a strip of leather. (laughs) Uh, I don't want to say it's ugly, but uh, Peter called and said we should kill this one. (laughs) And now, owned by one of the ugliest families in Springfield, Satan's Little Helper. (gasps) Oh, whoa. Even the Koreans wouldn't touch this dog. (laughs) Like a little racism involved in the ugly dog contest. This okay, Matt, this is what I'm gonna say. This episode feels like a scullier episode. This part does for sure. I mean the whole episode to me, Matt. Like it has like the scullier is notorious for the many celebrity guests for no real reason. The half like b- plots that barely stay together, like are full with insanity and nonsense. There's three different plots in this episode. Um 
even though none of them are actual plot. Heck, the B plot yeah. is the only plot that is a plot. It's the only story that wraps up. It's the only story that has an A, yeah, and it has, beginning, it has a middle, beginning, end. middle, and an end. And the rest don't, like, really. Um, but there's a bunch of plots. There's the there's a lot of jokes. I will say this is the only thing, the only positive thing, really, I have to say about this episode, Matt, is that it made me laugh a couple times. Like, I'll say that. Like, a couple of the zingers, like, the end of the bit with Lisa and the candy bars, that worked for me. Even though that's a re like that's a gag that they just reused, <laughs> like like a kid selling like Lisa selling candy for a band like they did that joke already in a different episode but apparently I like it so much I'll just keep laughing at it I don't know why <laughs> uh, um but it, that's why it just feels like a scholar episode where it's like oh yeah, there's a couple good jokes in it and but it's also offensive. Uh, it also it's also offensive and makes no sense plot wise. It doesn't. Yeah, exactly. So that's like it reminds me of it's it's not it's a little too dull to be totally be a scullier episode, but it definitely harkens back to that in 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 a, in a weird way. So Mo is now the judge. Uh, the Simpsons take up Santa's little helper up there, and Bart's big plan is for them to treat side uh, the to. to to Santa's little helper's butt as its face. They just mm-hmm. cover up. They just put a, a a piece of fabric over the dog's head, and then dress up its face, its butt, to make it look like a, a rudimentary face. And literally everyone falls for it. And Mo crowns it the winner of the ugly dog contest. I guess this matters because there is a C plot centering around Santa's little helper being sad about being ugly. <laughs> Even though it wasn't sales law for that one, is but one, whatever. The the Simpsons win. Everyone's they're happy. Oh yeah, we win. The crowd doesn't congratulate them. They the crowd is so enthused about Mo heckling basically his his basically crowd work with these with these dogs and owners that they all everyone surrounds Mo and loves him. Because he was mean yeah, everyone a little loves bit. The person who like wouldn't let anyone sit next to them earlier, and and I believe the act ends with uh, Lindsay Nagel making flirting with him, overtly flirting with Mo, because he was he said some funny lines about some dogs. We go to commercial at five minutes and thirty eight seconds. Oh boy, uh, and yeah, things start to go. I don't know, I would say downhill from here, but kind of sideways more than that. Uh, because now that Mo has proved his chops at uh, judging this particular competition, everyone wants him to judge their competitions. Man, you sure saved that dog show. Mo, you were hilarious. Yeah, I was just doing what comes naturally to me, being mean to animals. Oh, uh, excuse me, sir. I was wondering if you would judge an outrageous beard contest I'm in tonight. Well, uh, anyone can get a laugh at the expense of an ugly dog, but crazy beards, that's where the big boys play. You got oh, the dog, boy! Can you make it sound like girls asking me? Okay, you crazy dames, I'll do it! <laughs> Which means this joint is closed for the night. Don't be that way! You can't close. I'll have to go home and drink better beer at half the price and natural lighting! I didn't want to have to do this. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Scatter, you cockroaches. Mr. Sislak, would you like to buy some band candy? That doesn't work on me. Oh, yeah? How about this scary face? Nah, yeah. 
I can see that deep down is a decent man. <sighs> Fine. So, yes, uh, this is our first band candy joke. <laughs> Don't worry, it's going to come back. Two so, more times. Whoa. What's that? Two more times, Matt. Two more times. Two we more get the times, band candy. Indeed. I mean, yeah. I laugh at all. I uh, laugh literally at all. It, like I said, I laugh at the band candy joke all three times. So whatever, whatever. And honestly, wavelength, maybe you want band candy. Uh, that you can do better. Like I'm, I yeah. You support <laughs> support kids. Like buy the chocolate, but it's not. It's not like it's good I mean, chocolate. It's fine. It like you know. I mean, I guess at midnight, who's choosy? I want some. Fair, cho- I want fair. candy. Give me it. I don't care. Oh, it's bad. Who cares? I don't care. I need sugar. I'm dying for whatever. Some. Ex- I'm suffering from an existential crisis at 11:58 p.m. Please give me some candy. <laughs> it's the only thing that'll fix existential crises. Yep, yeah, exactly. So this actually kicks off our B plot, our main B plot. Uh, well, I guess it gets the C plot because the the B plot kind of already started, but only has one more scene. So whatever you want to <laughs> call it. Uh, Homer is now home all the time because he doesn't have Moe's to go to. And at first, Marge is very excited about this. She loves having Homer home. Moving back onto the ape. Because <laughs> that's all we get for the first scene. Uh, the rich Texan loves Moe's judging. Gets him to judge absolutely everything. All over the place. He's judging all kinds of stupid contests. We get a montage here. Uh, so that, there's a suicide joke uh, with... Bonsai tree. Uh, suicide joke. Bonsai trees, yes, and a, a Japanese man, because obviously his honor has been so besmirched that Mo judged his bonsai terrible uh, that he decides to kill himself. Good job, Simpsons. Suicide joke with Mo. They just go together like peanut butter and chocolate. I, why, like, did we, did we have to? No, we absolutely didn't. Okay. That's the worst part. I like... Here, Matt, I'll say this. Some of the like some of the sight gags in these scenes in these judging scenes are fun. Like this, it's a fun montage of all these funny contests, right? Like there's a and there's a funny one with like sandcastles when you see it's you think it's oh it's a sandcastle contest and then you see bullies destroy the sandcastles and you realize oh it's a bullying contest. Uh, that's that's a fun little subversion, but then yeah. but then in the middle oh here's a suicide joke. Well, like do we have to? Does it have to? Do we have to go right there immediately to some guy hanging himself? Ugh. We're trying to, but failing because it's a bonsai tree. Okay. Yeah. We're gonna move past this, however, because it's barely germane. Uh, it's 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 still the inciting incident, basically. Uh, so we go back to our B slash C plot, uh, and Marge is already tired of having Homer around. We don't know how long it's been, but uh, Marge just. Homer is being his usual obnoxious self, and normally that gets outletted onto the guys at Moe's, uh, but unfortunately here it's on Marge. So she's starting to get a little too much of it, and it's starting to wear on her. Then we go back to Moe, where he is uh, going to be uh, scouted <laughs> by a uh, reality TV judge, or a reality TV producer, I should say. Mo says, like, I'm from UCAA, the uncreative artist agency. We represent some of the biggest stars on TV. TV, huh? That crap's still on? Yes, sir. Never been crappier. Listen, Mo, reality shows are looking for judges, and you're that mythical creature we thought we would never find. You're mean, you're funny, and you're not British. I am so not British. Don't let this pasty face and bad teeth fool you. Perfect. So what kind of reality shows are we talking about here? Well, 
to name just a few. America's ripest bananas. So you think you can judge? Who wants to be a welder? Poodle versus elephant. Leg swap. Old people trying to figure out computers. American Idol. Dancing with cars of the stars. America's drunkest nobody. Let's make a veal. Love that show. Somali pirate apprentice. Right, yeah, with those guys. Fix Andy Dick. It's about time. Bottom chef. My life on Kathy Griffin. Pimp my crypt. Are you fatter than a fifth grader? And grave robbers of Orange County. Jeez, that's uh, quite a list. Hang on, I'm getting the text. Ooh, those were all just canceled, except for American Idol. Did you just say Armenian Idol? Because that's my favorite show. No, 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 no. American Idol. Oh, yeah. Uh, who's there, Igor Glumov? Randy Jackson. I, I, good enough. And this is the end of Act 2. Uh, real short Act 2, uh, compared to everything else. I, act 1 and 2 are quite short in this episode. Uh, but if you like jokes about reality TV, I hope that last minute and a half were for you. <laughs> See, the problem is, Matt, like 25% of it worked for me. Like a couple of Which those, I think is what they were aiming for. I guess so. Like it's just like you know, throw spaghetti at the wall approach. Shotgun. You just everything you can think of. You say every single line, and hope some of them are good to some people. I thought leg swap and computer and old people like leg swap is a funny name, a funny idea. Like oh, we instead of life wife swap, we leg swapped. And you're like okay, that's impossible, but. The idea is clever and funny, but there legitimately, I would watch if there was a YouTube channel, old people try to put together computers. I'd watch that. I mean, I'm pretty sure there are. I don't think there are as a specific dedicated show for that, but I, there's at least there are lots of YouTube channels that have done that. <laughs> I know, Matt, but I want just only that every week. You want the Chive TV version of that. I guess I don't Playing really on bars like all over the place. I don't know. I don't know. See, when you I was on it, and then you said the word chive, and I went, hmm, mm, no. <laughs> Sorry, I put the rebranded to Atmosphere TV. What I don't, I can't believe that you know that of all the things that you would know. I am forced to go to a lot of bars. Okay, <laughs> you're not. You're not. Forced. That that you channel has been my savior. People people doing weird sports tricks and animals being cute. I will watch that all day while everyone just, around me drinks. Everyone around me drinks. Just put the dodo on. That's the other thing. Like just put on the dodo. Like just let me watch those. Yeah, that cu- will be better. Cu- cute animal stories. Um, we come back commercial at nine minutes and fifty six seconds. We're still in the inciting incident, guys. We have not gotten to a conflict yet. There is been there was there is no trouble in this story yet. There's no grit. There's no sandpaper. Everything is just going as pl- going to plan. And until there is some conflict, there's not much of a story. Mo goes to L.A. and we get a montage of him touring L.A. But because all the California songs suck, according to his his cab driver, we hear it to "Sweet Home Alabama." And this is not a funny enough joke <laughs> for this for them to commit to it. Like it is not funny enough for me to have to listen to Sweet Home Alabama for a minute while they go around L.A. Like there's, if you're gonna pick a funny song, this ain't it. Sweet Home, like yeah. the the joke is it's about Alabama, but they're in L.A. Like that's it. There's no other joke. It's not okay. You know what's a much better song to do this too? Istanbul. At least that's up there. And they fu- might be giants up there. I know, but it's also a... And, like, Istanbul's a funny... It's a funny song. Animaniacs proved it. Um, entirely divorced from The Simpsons. So, Homer now... not Moses, I guess, closed forever? With Mo going to be a movie star, a television star. I guess there's never going to be a Moe's again. So, Homer now has escalated things in his, quote-unquote, helping. And now has basically just become a big problem to March. 
Now that I have all this free time, I thought I would do you a huge favor. That's nice. What kind of favor? I organized the kitchen. I labeled everything with a label maker. And I mixed all the spices together into one super spice. Uh oh, what kind of ventilating is that? Hyper! Oh, Arch, I can't believe you're taking me to a sports bar. Well, it's been such a blessing having you around the house, making my life easier, as you so put it. So I thought you deserved the reward. I know I'm getting older, Matt. Uh-huh. When I see Homer, Homer's sp- spice pile and I visibly, like, I recoil. Like, I... I uh, like yep, it, same, same. It had, this, it had an effect on me where I go, oh, no. Like, I feel for Marge. Like, I'm, I am that point where I'm like, oh, that is... I have so we have so many spices. If someone did that to me, I would uh, like if it was a, a a toddler, I would go. I would, but I would keep my anger to myself. But because it's a grown man, I would scream at them. I couldn't. I would not be yep. able to help myself. I would be yelling at Homer. Um, so Homer go, Homer's dropped off at a sports bar, um, and apparently not a big enough sports, uh, not a hardcore enough sports fan. Uh, he bounces off multiple people. They don't. He doesn't know what lacrosse is or anything about the XFL. So they suggest the gay bar across the street. And don't. This is this is not earned. You don't get to do that. <laughs> not even in the slightest. My this, God, is it bad? This is not a. This is not a. The, literally, the punchline of this is: is it, aren't gay? The concept of gay bar is funny. Homer should be there because he doesn't know sports. And you're like. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Um, Now we jump to Santa's little helper and Lisa, um, which we've only seen post the ugly dog judging scene, the ugly dog contest. We've only seen brief glimpses of sad Santa's little helper, like in the background of shots. And that's it. There's been no scenes about Santa's little helper being sad. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we get this, this scene. This has not come up until now and does not come up again. This is it. This is the end of it. Because Lisa goes, oh, Santa's little helper, don't, you're not ugly. You're a special dog, blah, 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 blah. Get, basically, give Santa's little helper a little pep talk. And then they scoot their butts across the lawn. Because that's a thing dogs do. You know, Matt? You know dogs do that? They scoot they feel their... feel better, apparently. Apparently, that's a self-soothing behavior. I'm very glad my dog does not have the... That is not one of the, the self-soothing behaviors is rubbing the butt. Um, I'm I'm appreciative of that. That's the end of that plot, I guess. I don't know why it's in here. <laughs> it's not. It, there's there's no reason for this. You don't need to make sense to help her sad. He's a dog. He doesn't know that he won an ugly contest. I mean, he doesn't care. Dogs love attention. So, sinless little helper would really like this. Well, certain dogs like attention. And certain kinds True, of attention. Certain dogs. certain dogs like certain kinds of attention. That's it. We don't have to worry about it anymore because it doesn't come up again. It does make me question, like, why is it here? I'm guessing to fill time. We meet Mo meets Simon Cowell uh, just randomly. We're just we jump to Mo and Simon's here. I really appreciate you showing me around, Simon. Always happy to help the newbies. And how'd you like LA? 
Oh, it's a hell of a city. It's like somebody stepped on New York and scraped it off on the beach. Clever, slightly nasty, very impressive. You know, I don't say this often, Mo, but I actually think you're quite good at this. Oh, oh, well. Oh, nuts, here come the paparazzi. Hey. Ha! Ah! Oh. Okay, Simon's here, which you'd expect. I mean, if this episode was going to be involved with American Idol, uh, sure, this this is good. It, it's kind of late uh, because we're, we're in Act 3 already, but sure, okay. Yeah, that's we're still in the inciting incident. We have yet to get to the story of this episode. There, it's still not here yet. We are almost fifteen minutes in, and there's still no story. There's no conflict. There's nothing. We're like, what is this episode about? Oh, it's about Mo becoming a judge on American Idol. I'm like, well, he's not there yet. He's not even a. It's not happened yet. Um, we're back to Homer. And I'll give him this, Matt. This plot, this is the middle, like, this has conflict. I'll give him that. Like, this story, it's Marge and Homer going, oh, Homer, without being distracted by going to Moe's all the time, he's actually a problem at home. He causes more problems because he wants to do things and it's always bad. Um, And Marge is upset about it. Conflict. That's the story. I'll get, like, that's all there is in this episode, really. Um, Homer's taking apart the washer. Because he was trying to find a penny. And he causes a leak in the hot water heater. And puts his mouth over it. And his whole body bl- blows up and water comes out of his ears. Ha ha. Ha ha. Oh, I thought you had muted all your laughter, Matt. I thought you you know, you know had muted your mic so you wouldn't ever want to be like, overwhelmed by the amount of your laughter. And that's very funny. That's true. I was laughing so hard I, I fell over. Very, I just the mere idea of someone being filled with water like a Tom and Jerry cartoon. Um, very cartoonish, very out of place in this episode, out of place in this plot even. like I don't know what's here. Uh, Abe offers to help by getting Homer into golf. And Matt, this, this maybe it's just because there is a beginning, a middle, and end to this, where we get... <laughs> this is the better plot. This is the absolutely the better plot of the story. And I'm like, this could be a full episode, I think. I feel like this could be an actual episode, like if it was developed better. You know, like, I feel like this, this Homer's home, I mean, I think they've already done that episode multiple times, but a different, a different version of it, right? Where Homer's home too much and Marge has to decide what is the better option, right? Of, oh, he's home too much or he's home not at all. Like, what do you, you know, what do you want? You know, Lady of the Tiger kind of thing. Um, But that's it. Because we got away from back to the quote unquote A plot. Uh, with Mo and Simon, and uh, Simon, we, we have a re- we finally have reached the barest semblance of conflict of story, Matt, where Simon gives Mo some advice. Uh, you wanted to see me, Simon? Mo, as you know, over the past few days, I've grown rather fond of you. I can't believe you gave me your home phone number. That's not my home number. That's my assistant's work number. Now, Mo, I want to give you a friendly warning. Don't do what I did. Don't become the mean judge. But it's brought you everything a man could want. I I bet you throw out your paper plates instead of reusing them till the food drops through. That's true. Everything you said is true. But there's a cost. I'm lonely, Mo. No one dares to be my friend for fear I'll say something nasty. But what we do is just kidding around, right? Uh, People know that. Do they? They've been preparing a bio of you with interviews of people you've judged. Let's have a look. 
He's the meanest man in town. Nasty. Uncouth! We, we hate you! So does Stu. Edit that so it rhymes with something. He's a Wow, I can't believe this, Simon. Is... Simon? Huh. Was he really here, or was it just my imagination? I'm here. My black T-shirt makes me blend into the shadows. I'm here. I'm gone. I'm here. I'm gone. I'm here. I'm gone. I'm here. I get it. I get it. That That's your thing. Uh, we got a commercial. Final commercial. 15, 15 minutes and 40 seconds. Yes. And we now have a semblance of conflict. Let's resolve it immediately because that's what we do <laughs> with Simpsons nowadays. Uh, so there's an incredibly long American Idol bit where uh, some contestant is singing Happy Birthday, I think it is. Is it Happy Birthday to the Star Spangled Banner? I can't remember. I watched this yesterday. It was terrible. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. I, see, I don't. I'm at, I can't. I don't remember. Honestly, I have no idea. Yeah, there, there, uh, there's a, a the, the contestant sings, it, and then the, every judge is their like stereotypical way. Uh, and there's a very long, uh, pointless Ellen bit. There's a, a long bit from uh, Randy, uh, and then it's up to Mo to decide what he's going to be like. Now let's hear from the new guy, Mo Sislak. Oh, well, let's see here. Um, Don't become the mean judge. Mr. Cowell, would you like some band candy? Security. Uh, I'm afraid you're wasting your time on this stage. <laughs> because you should be on Broadway charging a hundred bucks a ticket. You're a natural talent. <laughs> I'm getting a little emotional here because your voice, it opened up a little part of me that I thought was closed to truth and beauty forever. If there's a God, I just hope that right now he's voting your name on that 888 line. It was it was really beautiful. Really. Thank you. Okay, that's four thumbs up. And finally, because this show now has more judges than the Supreme Court, Simon, what do you say? Well, that was truly a remarkable version of Happy Birthday. Because when it was done, I actually felt like I had lost a year of my life. <laughs> but even more objectionable were Mo's insipid comments, a desperate plea for affection which fell as flat as the hair on my head. Why are you ragging on me? I'm just doing what you said. Hmm, let me think. Why would I try to sabotage a new judge who just might do what I do for $48 million less? Hey, 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 I've been double-crossed here. You're pretty smart, huh, Simon? Let's see how smart you are with your voice box hanging out. Ah, ah. Label the camera, label the camera. What? Oh, uh, sorry, sorry. Ah, you bastard! So, yes, uh, we see now that this whole thing was a ploy to for Simon Cowell to keep his, his space. Hey, Robbie, you know what would be better than this? If... Mo had been on the show for the last two acts and him and Simon had just ramped up being mean to the point where the contestants were always crying. It was becoming a problem or anything else, any real conflict instead of one time showing the show and Mo being nice. Really anything would be better than that. Yeah. There's no, this is, this episode's missing like two whole acts. Like, and you, you absolutely need scenes where, Mo goes to the American Idol and he's mean at first and people like it and he's and it's actually he's kind of competing with Simon to be the mean judge right and they're out trying to out mean each other and then 
and you see maybe some a little bit of foreshadowing that Simon doesn't like the fact that he's getting, you know, overshadowed by Mo, and so he decides to tell him like, hey, you shouldn't be the mean guy anymore, and it ends up costing Mo. But they literally do it in two scenes. Like, there's two scenes, and there's no buildup. It doesn't make any sense. It's all out of context. It doesn't make, like, there's no, it's immediately resolve everything. Like, oh, we ran out of time. Good boy. So, yes, uh, this is all, this is pretty much the end of the Mo. We have a denouement, but then we have no, that, that's the climax. That's the end of the Mo plot. Uh, we do get a some resolution with the, the B plot. Uh, Marge brings Homer to the golf course, uh, but as Homer is about to tee up for his very first shot, uh, a random old man comes by and tells Marge about, oh, yeah, I remember I was hooked from the first shot. I basically never saw my family again. Hey, I'm missing my daughter's wedding to be here. Okay, be a little ham-fisted about it, whatever. Uh, but Marge uh, obviously can't stand that, so she grabs Homer, takes him home, and they make sweet, passionate love, uh, despite the fact that she was incredibly annoyed with him probably just hours before. But that's the end of the beat block. I, Matt, the... I would, I, you know, I had just kind of given some props to the B plot, but the B plot has the same problem. No, I just really like it. Doesn't have if, if the, the B plot. If this was really going to be a real full story, it would be Homer starts. There wouldn't be just like oh, you swing once and it's immediate. It's more about yeah. Homer's... Homer starts spending more and more time playing golf, and it becomes a problem. Right, and you're like oh, he started to get more and more obsessed with it, and he just and instead of oh, Homer's at you know. Maybe you like I literally just wrote this scene in my head. We have a scene where the kids go, "Oh, hey, um, mom, where's dad? Where's Homer?" And she starts to say, "Oh, he's at Mo," and then she's like, "Oh, wait, no, he's playing golf." And then Marge makes a connection, realizes that instead of me automatically saying, "Oh, he's always at Mo's," no, he's just automatically playing golf, and that's all he does. Or he's at the clubhouse, right? He's just dad has taken that place in his life and she realizes she wasn't happy when he would went to Moe's every night. And now she's also not happy when he's always golfing and you get that her, we get her Mars making that realization and, and cutting things, you know, maybe like talking to Homer about it or whatever. We have some people behaving like adults. That's too much to ask though. So I'm, the B plot is still better. This B plot is still better than the A plot. Okay, don't get me the wrong. The B part, B plot, at least has a you know beginning, middle, and end, like we said before. But if you wanted to make this an A plot, you absolutely could do it. Uh, honestly, if they had switched this and taken out like the entire starting thing, uh, where you know the build up for the Mo plot, where Mo is uh, you know judging things and getting big, and they just been like, hey Mo, you did a great job judging this ugly dog contest. It took thirty seconds instead of several minutes. We want you to be on American Idol, and that's like the B plot in the background, and the A plot is you know the Homer and golf and Marge thing. That would have been more interesting, but they didn't do that because obviously the focus has to be on American Idol. So uh, we get one more. Uh, scene uh which is the wrap-up to the mo plot and it is an attempt at jokes i didn't rip out his voice box but i did stretch out his t-shirt then they said i ain't allowed back in california no more and i can no longer make judgments about nothing hey mo am i okay to drive legally i can't say to a drunk man that's a yes He seems fine. There is one bright side. I'm also forbidden from ever watching Fox. You can't even show it in the bar? That's right. And business has never been better. 
Oh, hey, how's it going there, Mr. Murdoch? Never mind me. Put on the Jay Leno show. There's a long Jay Leno bit that I skipped because it's just incredibly stupid. Uh, but that's the end of the episode. No, 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 uh, no, 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 no we're, we're, we're not. We're not. No, no, no. We're not just skipping over this. Okay. We're not just skating uh, around this, all right, man. This is not. We're not. The Simpsons don't get off this easy, okay? Okay. Um. Yeah, they, they, there's a Jay Leno bit. It's not. Inter- it's not. It's maybe 15 seconds, man. I don't. I feel like you're. You're are, right. Are you're you right. entering some so black hole when you watch forever. The Simpsons? You're like, oh, it's so. It's just whatever. Um, it's the whole bit is Jay Leno. They switch to Jay Leno from Fox because Rupert Murdoch himself doesn't want to watch Fox. Um, but here's the thing. This is Rupert. Mur- this is the, that's really Rupert Murdoch. That's the real man. Uh, on the show, and the, you know how do they criticize him, Matt? How do they poke fun at him? They go, "Fox isn't worth watching. He'd rather watch something that's not Fox." Which that's, you know, fair. I this is. I, <laughs> everyone knew. Fox News was terrible in 2010. It has, like it's gotten worse, but it was terrible then. And this is maybe the thing that bothers me the most about this entire episode, which is saying something, is this small little, little cameo by Rupert Murdoch where they make him seem like this lovable like little like leprechaun impish mischievous character or her 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 I, yeah, I own everything but blah blah blah. This corrupt awful billionaire that has maybe in my lifetime done been the, the person who has damaged the, the 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 fabric of society more than anyone on earth can you think of anyone else who rivals him Ooh, um i mean roger ailes was kind of his partner in all this uh roy Cohn, uh edward bernays um <laughs> Was it, was there a, are it was a, it quite was a, a few. It wasn't. It was a hypothetical question, man. I didn't necessarily want you oh, to okay. answer. Uh, but no, Rob, Rupert Murdoch is definitely in the top ten, probably the top five people who have destroyed the media landscape in terms of usefulness. Right. Um, basically, almost single handedly, not single handedly, obviously, but uh, without him, it's very difficult to have done the same things. Uh, not just in America, also in many other places around the world. Um, that's true. I'm really hoping his son Jamie uh, inherits the company, or at least uh, you know gets a controlling share and shuts down Fox News because apparently that's the rumor what he's going to do. So we can cross our fingers about that one. Um, regardless, uh, there's not many people on Earth that I actually hate uh, with all my my vile heart because uh, it's not healthy. I've tried to pull back those you know those feelings because it's not it's not good. Uh, it's poisonous, you know. So it's good not to kind of hold those feelings too close to me. But uh, Rupert Murdoch is one of the people I absolutely hate uh, on Earth. And when explicitly the Simpsons, their one of their mission statements from very early on, Matt Groening has said this, you know, they're anti-authority. They question authority in all, in all regards, right? And I can't think of someone. Name someone else on the show. Like maybe a, like a, if you, they had a, Tony Blair, maybe Tony Blair rivals it. And I don't think, I think Rupert Murdoch probably has more power than Tony Blair ever had, honestly, even with Tony Blair, like or being in control of the British armed forces, Rupert Murdoch probably still has overall more sway on um, and more influence on the earth than Tony Blair ever did. There is no one who's been on the Simpsons. I think that rivals Rupert Murdoch appearing as themselves. And this is what we get. 
five second scene where Mo goes, "Hey, but Rupert Murdoch, ah, good to see you." And Rupert Murdoch's, "Can we change the channel?" And then he starts laughing at a, a lame Jay Leno joke. That's that's what we get. You don't get. There's no nothing biting. No criti- No criticism. Like you don't have to have him on your show, guys. Why is he here? Because they want to take a dig at Fox, and the funniest thing they can think of to do that is have the person who owns and controls Fox not want to watch it. You're really hurting him by making him millions and millions of dollars. Uh, that's, 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 we're over. It's over, Matt. It's, I just wanted to get that in there. I couldn't take it. Like, watching that, like, I had forgotten that Rupert Murdoch was guesting. I'm like, wait a minute. Oh, God, he's here. What? What is this? Why? Why? Um, I think I hate this episode. I like. I might hate it, Matt. I don't know. Like, I didn't really. I didn't. I was kind of like mixed about it. But now with Ru- that Rupert Murdoch thing got me all fired up. I don't hate this episode. <laughs> Calm me down. Calm myself down. I don't hate this episode. It's just not as bad. It's a bad episode. We'll rank it at the end of the show. Robbie, is this episode broken? No, you were right the first time with that quick fix idea. Let's see, quick fix, quick fix. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's no sorry. Yeah, we need one of these stories you promoted to full on a plot to get way more development. There's no, it's just inciting incidents for most of it. Like, especially the Mo plot is ostensibly the a plot, man. It gets the most time. But all it is is like, hey, he goes to LA, American Idol exists. Bye. You're like, what? That, 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 that's, not, that's not a story. That's just things happening. No, that, that is a vignette. That's just things going on. Like, if you, I, I can't. I I can't with this man. Like, and we already fixed it. Like, yeah, you just build up. Like, if you want to make it American Idol, the full on. Hey, we're we're promoting American Idol. We don't care. Shamelessly, shameless synergy. Then do it. Like, have multiple American Idol scenes. Have more stuff with the different different guests interacting or, with or Mo. Because I, I'm. I'm guessing that the American people did not have a whole lot of time to spend on this, which is fine. You know, they're busy celebrities. They've probably got trying to figure out how to spend their millions of dollars. You have Mo start in L.A. on a different reality show and you have a Mo being mean to the contestants on that reality show. And you have him and Simon Cowell not being friends, but trying to outdo each other for meanness. And then Mo gets invited on American Idol and Simon has this heart to heart with him about not wanting to be that way. And then Mo going to be nice and getting kicked out of California. Matt, Fine. Does, it's how, something at least. How many how much longer does it take for Ellen DeGeneres to say five lines instead of one? Or Rainy Jackson. Or Ryan. Are Seacrest. they all as line as that as long as the one she had said? I would have presumed that if she had more lines, they would probably even it out a little bit. We wouldn't get the, they wouldn't we wouldn't get oh, she's saying this one line, so we have to make it basically encapsulate her entire character on American Idol and on television for that matter. I don't know. It's not complicated. You just tell the story, but I, they're incapable. <sighs> oh boy. Also, cut like the race, like the the racism, the homophobia. Does that like suicide jokes? Like, what are we doing? Yeah, we don't need that. Thank it's you. been years now. Of this man, years, years and years and years and years. I get that this was 2010, but we were better in 2010. <laughs> not on the Simpsons writers were anyway. Matt, the golden years there never did anything of this of this magnitude. Well, no, because they didn't have to go for cheap jokes. They spent the time to craft good jokes. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's not a matter of about the product of the time. Like, the 90s would have been more of like, oh, we can make gay jokes because who cares? Everyone does it. But they really didn't. Like, yeah, there was some kind of like almost innocent gay jokes when you compare it to stuff like this. And this is even that bad compared to like three gays of the condo or something like that. Oh, God. I'm now I'm just going to. I'm. 
stay away from the bad episodes, Robbie. Okay? We don't need to mention them. We don't need to talk about them. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Comments and News Group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments and News Group is where I ask our patrons over there on patreon.com slash the Simpsons show. Leave their thoughts on that episode. First from Tim. This immediately called to mind 30 Rocks Jack Donahue scolding Liz Lemon. Don't mock Synergy. Well, this is the perfect example of Synergy not working. Various American Idol-related actors turned Judge Me Tender into the ultimate Hey, look at our guest stars episode. In other words, pretty much unwatchable. By the way, this is the same malady that has made SNL a no-go zone for me in the last decade. As it's not offensive in the worst ways, it avoids the lowest tier, so I'll give it an LA-related ranking of 405. That's pretty clever. Definitely not canon. Could be saved if it focused on Moe's attempts to become a stand-up comedian instead of taking the very quick path TV show judge. From Dara... Why not just have Mo become a roast comic? Oh, right. Celebrity appearances. Why do we forget about Sam's Little Helper until Lisa has one quick scene and it's all good? Oh, right. Celebrity appearances. Why did Homer not take up golfing until three minutes left in the episode? Oh, right. Celebrity appearances. This season is thankfully over, and even an expletive-filled Ralph Wiggum interview can't save this from only being the 16th best episode of season 21. Uh, from Derek, reeks of corporate synergy. The lowest common denominator, manipulative drivel of insidious reality shows like American Idol, and it's oh, are so rife for parody, and yet it's treated with such kitty gloves here, it's embarrassing. Simon Cowell has flat hair, and Ellen likes to dance. Biting. Also, nothing really happens in this at all. I'm assuming this is supposed to be one of those rise and fall episodes where we feel the character has gone on a journey throughout the 20 minutes, and they get shot right back to square one. I don't feel anything from Mo in this. I'm neither rooting for him nor feeling ill will towards him. Just pure indifference. Even Dancing Homer, one of the only failures of the classic era, does a much better job of showing us Homer's rise and fall, and the job they did wasn't very good. The only part of this that approached something humorous was the repeated band candy thought bubble, but even then, the wonky way everything is executed and delivered from this season onwards stops it succeeding. But I think they're onto something there in terms of, of a joke reminiscent of old Simpsons. Anyway, judge me tender, I judge thee chewy and raw. I don't know. I like I can like chewy and I can like raw depending on the food. So yeah. I'm not gonna say that it's like your granola bar is good, but it's it is chewy. Sushi is raw, it is delicious. But generally, yeah, chewy raw is bad. And finally, from JJ. This was such a nothing episode. It has a random bottom of the well premise, wasted time on nonsense, Mo doesn't even have an arc, and it tries to juggle three plots at once for some reason, leaving them all threadbare and underdeveloped. Celebrity guest stars don't bother me, because there are far worse examples from the show, but they don't add anything either. There's barely a coherent episode here, just a collection of scenes. The only good part was the running gag with Lisa's band candy, even the thought bubble, I have to buy, I have to buy band candy? I, I, okay, I'm not the only one who likes the band candy stuff. <laughs> we've got multiple people calling supporting my appreciation for band candy i think it's just a hidden well of comedy man band candy it's funny the words together are funny <laughs> and also delicious it reminds people that we want candy and to help things <laughs> and to buy things <laughs> it's true everyone loves buying things that's pretty good uh that's it thank you all for watching the episode for Supporting us on Patreon for leaving reviews. We can move on to our next segment. It's time for Listener Question of the Week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow. Our Listener Question of the Week this week is, what is your favorite episode not set in Springfield? We got some some really good contenders on this one, Matt. Um, yeah, there are quite a few, although the, the top two are, are, are very obvious. <laughs> Mm, yeah. All right, first up, from Tim, 
you only move twice, which primarily takes place in Cypress Creek. Hang Scorpio saying, but Homer, on your way out, if you want to kill somebody, it would help me a lot, is one of the show's most iconic lines ever. It really is. It's a very season eight line, and the things are starting to get a little wacky, but in a believable way. Uh, next up from Dara. Honorable mention to You Only Move Twice, my personal soft spot for the town. My favorite is the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. Oh, season nine, you gave us such hope for the future with this episode. Ooh, I'll take the crab juice and the lyrics from Checking In are my daily quotes to get through life. On my personal top ten list for greatest Simpsons episodes of all time. Wow, top ten. I mean, that's a good episode, surprisingly, for season nine, but yeah. Uh, next up is Matt. Uh, it's hard to root against You Only Move Twice. Not only does the episode have stellar jokes and humor, but it affirms my affinity for James Bond. I mean, it's true. James Bond, you can never go wrong parodying that. Uh, from Derek, I think I've gushed over the city of New York versus Homer Simpson before, but ever since I first saw it when I got my season nine DVD back in the olden days, I fell in love with it. It is unlike any episode of The Simpsons up to that point, and indeed, there's been nothing like it since. <laughs> Every travel episode should feel special, and they pulled out all the stops to make this one stand out. I've never ever been to New York, and yet this episode exudes so much atmosphere that I feel confident in saying they have captured the Big Apple to a T. That gritty realism of this urbane setting, along with the beautiful art style and animation, the fantastic score, and the great jokes put this among the best of the best. A lot of love there. Uh, next up from Andy. Since the favorites have been spoken for, I'll go with Boston, where the family visits in season 28. It's a good hate on the New England Patriots. I mean, really. The world can never get enough hate on the Patriots. I just feel sad for them now. Uh, well, yeah, now now it's just getting pathetic. They're, I guess they're, they're, re they've re they're reaping what they sowed. You know, it's... That's it's, right. Yeah. All right, next up from Aaron. I have to go with Bart on the road. Although it's not completely outside of Springfield, the Branson scene alone makes it the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the, the Bronsons uh, are the best, honestly. It's a much better city than Bronson, Branson. Uh, next up from at Ciliotto, Bart versus Australia. I'll bet all my dollar readers it's a popular answer. <laughs> Not wrong. Uh, from at Matt, the G, City of New York versus Homer. From at Billiam FF, I'm sure it's been said, but you only move twice as the clear winner. Two words, Hammock District. <laughs> uh, from at APW, Dancing Homer. Watching it makes me feel like a nutty cuckoo super king. <laughs> Nice. Uh, from at the board gamer, gotta be Bart versus Australia. You call that a knife? Uh, from at Brave New, Camp Krusty. Camp spelled wrong. Come on, Brave New, you can do better than that. It's fine. I don't know if it's canonically out. You don't know if it's canonically outside Springfield, but I don't care. I feel like it's a summer camp in the middle of nowhere. It counts as outside. Springfield. It's outside Springfield. Yeah, absolutely. That's not okay, in the city. Yeah. Is it in the city limits? No, of course not. No, absolutely. No, not. definitely not. Uh, at Wazecats, as far as locations go, 30 minutes over Tokyo, because I love Japan and would love to go back someday. In terms of best episode content, you only move twice as the clear winner here. And finally from Brian, there's no other answer than Summer of Four Foot Two. Going to Little Blogmata Squirmset Port is so much fun, but next week is a travel episode. It's also my least favorite episode of all time. Might go rewatch Summer of Four Foot Two. Is it really? Oh gosh. Well, I guess we'll have to take a look and see what our next episode is. Let's see. Robbie, what is your answer? Uh, that's a really tough one. Obviously, there's lots of great contenders. Um, Kate Fear is wonderful. Um, you only move twice. Summer four for two. Uh, the ones people have called out are great. I'm, but I'm, I think I am going to go with the city of New York versus Homer Simpson because I think that one actually encapsulates like the difference between Springfield and the big city, right? Like, it really like hammers home like this is a different place altogether. Um, I think you only move twice is probably the closest where like Cypress Creek feels like such a distinct place. And but the fact that 
it, they're kind of inverse of each other, funnily enough, because in Cypress Creek, Homer has everything he wants, right? He has a job that finally fulfills mm-hmm. him and the success uh, and loves his boss. But every single other member of the family is has a problem. Like they wouldn't want to leave. In the city of New York, uh, every, all the other the family has a great time in New York City. They have a lot of fun. Uh, Homer <laughs> is miserable. He gets tortured trying to get his car back. Uh, and I kind of like that because it really it it shows like oh actually Springfield is home to Homer. Because it's a place where he doesn't face things like this, where it's like he doesn't feel like an alien, doesn't feel like a stranger in a strange land. And there's there's literally, I don't think, any other episode that does the same thing, that puts Homer in such a distinct actual place. Like, city of, the city of New York, they are in New York City. Like, most times when they travel to places, it's like these really weird elevated versions of them. Like, they go to Tokyo. It's not really Tokyo. They go to Australia. It's not well, really no, yeah. Australia. It's kind of like this elevated cartoon version of the place. New York City is the opposite. Yeah, yeah New York is very much the real. And it, it's funny because it can go either way. Because when the Simpsons go to New York, it's very much the real New York. When the Simpsons go to Brazil, it's pretty much real Brazil. The people are, are very off. And it shows how badly that can go. Whereas with the city of New York versus Homer Simpson, it shows the real New York and how perfectly you can take a, a real place and transplant the Simpsons and have a lot of stress uh, introduced. That's my answer. Matt, what's your answer? I have to go with the city of New York versus Homer Simpson. As someone who really enjoys New York, I really appreciate how the stress that the city puts on Homer. Because uh, you were talking before about how Springfield versus uh, Capital City versus um, Cypress Creek. And it really feels to me that that's a progression uh, that is very much uh, what happened is everyone in America, uh, mostly America, lived in small towns. And then everyone moved to the city because that's where the jobs were and all the excitement was. And then, then the cities got too dangerous and, and whatnot. And they were moving into planned communities like Cypress Creek. And it ends up that, oh, look at that. The one person who's happy in a planned community is the old white man, Homer, and everyone else is miserable. Kind of like in real life. Weird how that works out. Uh, but New York is in a similar vein to Capital City. It's very exotic for someone like Homer, where he is not the main character anymore, and he's having a real trouble navigating it, whereas the rest of the family is having a great time. And I really appreciate places like that. Your well, it was next week's question. What is your favorite moment from season 21? Talk about talk about a hard question. Jeez. I'm trying to find one or two. That's the... I have immediate like feeling about what my answer will be, but I'm not really sure. I'm gonna have to look over the episodes and really think about it. Um, I think the challenge with this is how many people actually watched all these episodes Oof. or watched any of them. Uh, but I don't care. I'm gonna post this question anyway. It's all on social media: Twitter at SimpsonsJoePod, email us at SimpsonsJoePod at gmail dot com, and you can. Okay, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard, and try and stump the other. I have a one-point one deficit I need to overcome. I'm one point behind Matt, all right? Today's the day. I can do it. I know I can. Yes, we'll see. Don't Matt. <laughs> now, now Danger Mouse wants out of the room. Wait a second. Okay. Matt? Yes. Are you ready for an easy question? I am ready. In Smart and Smarter, Maggie gets accepted to what? What season is this from? Mm, teen years, somewhere. Uh, she's accepted to 
I, I believe it's like a fancy private preschool. Uh, season 15 is the season. Your answer, right, Matt? I, so, will, yeah. I will accept your answer. It is the, the, the technically correct answer is a pre-nursery school. Oh, uh, of course, of course. But it's an easy question, so I'll give you it. Um, I chose Smart and Smarter because it also features Simon Cowell. Oh, that's right. All right, Matt. Give me an easy question. Okay. Your easy question. What was the name of Springfield's founder? Jebediah Springfield. Or Hans Sprungfeld, depending on the episode. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt. Your medium question. What three... I'm pretty sure I've asked you this question before. What three collection agencies does Homer mention haven't beaten in Smart and Smarter? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm pretty sure you have. Um, but I'm only coming with all the other ones. Um, like all, all the other, like, uh, oh, wait, you know, why did I register with Instatrace from uh, the other one? Uh, I have no clue. None whatsoever. We have, it's funny you mentioned Instatrace. There is Tri-City, there's OmniPay, and finally InstaThreat. I'm pretty sure I remember OmniPay, but the others are completely close to me. All right, your medium question. What does Miss Hoover call Lisa in reaction to her essay on Jebediah? God, I can think of it. Uh, um, something like, I remember she's like, you're the reason none of us can get husbands. I know she says that or something like that, which is some, it's just so awful to say to a child. I can't imagine. <laughs> Teachers mm-hmm. saying something so terrible uh, to their own to their own student. Um, she says, "You're a, this is just blank, blank, blank. You're the reason none of us can get fine husbands." I think is what she says. Um, it's not feminist killjoy. It is. This is like something about liberal. I think it's like liberal something bashing. I want to say like this is just that it's like left wing liberal male bashing or something like that. I can't I can't think of the actual phrase, man. I'm sorry. It is PC thug. PC thug. It is PC. Yeah. Okay, so it's leftist PC. PC I've been thug. called a greasy thug too. Greasy. Oh, I can't believe I forgot it. Um, I'm upset at myself. I should know that PC thug. What am where what episode is it that I'm thinking of then? Because there there's also an episode where she says something like that or no, this, it... it's this one. It's this okay. one. Um so this, is, this is a dead white male bashing from dead, PC Thug. You're dead, the reason the rest of us can't get Dead white male bashing PC Thug. Got it. Okay, got it. Yep. I wasn't making yep. it up, at least. That's all that matters. You're hard. You were qu- not, no. Your hard question, man. In Smarter and Smarter, when helping Maggie with her word flashcards, what word is on the card? And what word does Lisa try to tell Maggie is on the card? Uh, hmm. Flashcards. Um. Oh, that's right. Because she's like, um. Oh, it's right about the phonics frog. Um. Oh God, I I have no clue. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, no idea. The word on the card is octogenarian. Oh. And the word Lisa and tries. Lisa says it smells like dog or something. She right? says it's dog. Yes. And then Marge walks oh, in. Marge right. catches Lisa doing it. Um, Lisa being mm-hmm. jealous of Maggie's intelligence. <laughs> So my, the, wait, right. wait, 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 man. My final chance. Suspense. The drama. It's all here. <laughs> all right, Robbie. If I get it right, I win. 
I get it wrong. Yep, you do. I you gotta get all of it right. I fail. It's on the line. Oh, all of it. Oh no, I don't like this. Yeah. So this has this has two parts. In uh, Lisa the Iconoclast, which all these are are from, I should have mentioned that. Um, where were the settlers of Springfield coming from, and where, according to them, were they going? Where were they coming from, and where were they going? Weren't they like it's like some f- weird fake. Um, utopian city. Is this one where they thought they're going to a new Eden or something like that? Um, I know they were, there's also, I mean, the Shelby, Shelbyville was with them, right? And they ended up going to Shelbyville and they liked his ideas about marrying the cousins, I think. Um, but I feel like they had a, all of them, the big mass had a different idea. Like they're going to go to this one place and they didn't find it because it doesn't exist. And that's why they ended up in Springfield and Shelbyville. I want to say New Eden. They're on their way to New Eden. For some reason, either it's in the, either New Eden is in this episode or it's from that the from the from the uh, the IQ episode, uh, the Mensa episode. I want to say it's this. They say New Eden, even though they might. I want to say I know they use a lot of utopian words in the Mensa episode as well. I'm going to say there is New Eden here, and they are f- coming from. It's like some pathetic offspring of something. Um, there was some offshoot of some other weird pioneers, I think. I want to say. Um, I don't think it's England, though. I want to say it's like remnants from some other colony from early America. Um, they got kicked out of uh, Plymouth. That's my answer, man. Okay. I'm afraid you got neither correct. Oh, <laughs> what is it? Sorry, Robbie. They were heading from Maryland to New Sodom. New Sodom. It's not. I knew it was, it was New Sodom, not New Eden. Mm-hmm. <sighs> new Sodom. Like that is. I mean, that's a good joke. Um, mm-hmm. From Maryland. <laughs> it's just Maryland. They left Maryland. Oh, that's pretty good. I failed again. Matt again is victorious. Sorry, Rob. You were so close. I did better than last season, and you did worse. That's true. I think we also might have had one less episode with a guest star, uh, guest with a guest uh, with us with our own guest. Uh, so we might we might just had a less a smaller pool of possible points. But Matt is again victorious. I just couldn't pull it out. Sorry, I should. It's that, really the problem isn't that I got this one wrong because that, that was that's a relatively hard question. But I should have gotten PC thug. I should have gotten that. That's the one I should have gotten right. Like, that's the actual thing that let me down. If I got that right, I would have won. <sighs> I let myself down again, Matt. There's, unfortunately, there's just... There's, I, I'm at max cap. <laughs> I'm at max cap. There's just no more room in my head. I just got nothing else. There's no more space in there. And every day, and every time we watch more Simpsons, we watch season 21 episode, guess what happens? Season 1 and 21 pushes some out of the old. Someone just pushes a little something mm-hmm. that little... Those things like, oh, PC thug. <sighs> Gone. Just vanish out of my out of my brain forever. That's the sacrifice I make. <laughs> That's what this podcast is doing to you. Yeah. Making you forget the good stuff. I mean, not just Simpsons knowledge. Like I also like you know, sometimes forget. Like, how do you make brownies? I had to go look it up again. <laughs> I once knew, and then I forgot. Uh, that's it for trivia. You we open can't... the box, you pour the mix in, you add an egg, and you're done. I mean, if it's the gear, if it's the Ghirardelli mix, yeah, kind of. That Ghirardelli mix is like, there's a lot of even bakery chefs are like, 
yeah, you don't really need to do anything else. It's really good. Yeah, right. <laughs> that the Gary Daly brownie mix. It's probably good enough. You really don't need to make your own. Uh, that mix is pretty dang good. We can move on to our final segment. The segment we end every single episode with is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Okay. It's, it's down there. There's like a giant morass of season 21 episodes all smushed together. Yeah. And I don't, I think it's right there with it. I think it's in that area. Um, like, I think I'll say this about, I think this is better to surveil with love. I think this is better than that. Yeah, I would agree. Yep. 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 Um, there is million dollar maybe, which is the lottery episode, which is real dumb as Homer lying about winning the lottery and then pissing the money away. I think this is better than that. Yeah, probably. It's close, though. It's very close. I think this is a... It has... Here, I'm going to... The Lisa selling band candy. That's all... Like, it made me laugh those times. So, it has a little bit. It has a tiny bit of laughter in it. You know, there's a couple of gags in here that I go, Oh, yeah. That's funny. I like that. Um, Dangerous Curves, which is a season 20 episode, which I've, I think I've forgotten literally every single time that we've... <laughs> that I bring it up, I go, What's Dangerous Curves again? Is that the one that is... Um, it's one based on the movie we watched. Is it that? Is that the uh, two for the road parody? It is. Yep. I think this is better than that. Mm-hmm. Once upon a time in Springfield. Is that the one that's Heavenly Creatures? Is that that one with Lisa and the Fairy Tales and the, her new friend? No, 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 no. This is Krusty and the 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 Princess Penelope. Oh, yeah. This that's is, a rough one. This is better than that. Um. I mean, American History, excellent. That's the one with, uh, I believe, Lisa and her ancestor on the Underground Railroad. Is it? I, I thought that's what this one was. I, you might be right. Well, uh, I, you can't. I don't remember any of this. Like these episodes, we watched it like five weeks ago, and I've already forgotten. Yes, you're right. That's Burns in the the Fourth of July party, and um, prison guards, and um. That's still an artwork one. That is not the. That is not the. Oh Lisa right, right, right. Okay, and, right, right, right. and the, the slaves stuff. That's not because that was season twenty. I'm pretty that's sure. not Simpsons slavery episode, which is god awful. Um, the it's better. Oh, yeah, that, that one's down at number four twenty nine. That's way below this. Yeah, I was gonna say, Gone Maggie Gone. I think is better than this. I think it's more fun than this. Uh, it's not good. Still, it's nonsense. But I think it has more fun scenes in it. Is this better than American History? Excellent. With the prison guard stuff, with the guards, and that's tough because I, I, I yes, because I that one I really hated, uh, and I would rather watch this again because even if it's kind of bland, it's better than that. Uh, I would definitely leave it below Gone by Egon. I think that was slightly more enjoyable, but yeah, definitely no, no. I, I this this goes above American History, excellent below Gone by Egon. I think you're right. So that is Judge Me Tender. What a terrible name for that. Like, what What does that even mean? Like, they just went, oh, ju- judge love? It's not, they're not similar words. They went, eh, that's good enough. That's all they did. Eh, that's good enough. That's fine. Someone shouted that out in, like, a writing room, and they went, oh, all right, eh, that's fine. That's good enough. Just, like, get this whole episode. Eh, good enough. We got, we got it out the door. Um, That's number, number new number 398 on our post-Golden Years ranking. Right above his American History Excellent, right below Gone Maggie Gone, number two oh five in her post golden years ranking. 
Um, number one on our list is still Homer's Enemy. Last place is still Codependence Day. We're not done yet, though, Matt. Where I got one more thing to do, one more question to answer before we go. And that question is, do we shoot this episode out of the cannon? The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! The cannon! I fire the cannon, please. Nothing of import was lost that day. Um, goodbye forever. Josh, be tender. We don't need you, really. Um, we're going to answer the same question about every episode on this list, working our way down from the top to the bottom, filling in the blanks. We're at number 135 on our list, which is Lisa's first word. One of the, uh, I mean, yes, absolutely. Yeah, one flashback flashback episode. It's a good one. So yes, of course it stays for, me, for multiple reasons. It's enjoyable. Good. Wholesome, more heartwarming. Even I would say Lisa's first word is heartwarming. Bart, 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 Bart. It's very cute. Um, our next episode, Matt. One of our listeners alluded to them being their least favorite episode ever. Oh, what? Okay, that's. Oh no, I'm just confused. Um, it's called Elementary School Musical. Um, it's like High School Musical. I'm assuming. In this episode. Krusty the Clown invites Homer to the Nobel Peace Prize ceremony in Oslo, and Marge takes Lisa to a performing arts camp for the week. Um, this episode guest stars Jermaine Clement, Brett McKenzie, Fly the Concords, also Leah Michelle, Corey Monteith, Amber Riley, Ira Glass, and Stephen Hawking as themselves. Yeah, there's like so there's so there's like a, a and B plots are Homer. What? What? They're playing lands in the Hague. Oh God. And Krusty is being tried by the International Court of Justice in The Hague? And he pre- Oh, God. Okay. Well, there's that half, and then we have Lisa doing music stuff. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fly, I like Fly of the Concords a lot. Why are they in The Hague episode? <laughs> okay. That's, that's some whiplash there, Matt. Uh, we have Krusty getting tried for for war crimes i guess or something crimes against humanity and uh and then we also have lisa doing a high school music musical bit so that's belongs in the same episode right that should be together no (sighs) i guess we'll see Season 22 here we come matt here we come season 22 off with a bang that's next week you can watch along with us uh we appreciate you all the people who 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 toil in the in the misery farms of the season twenty two now of the Simpsons with us? We we thank you for for being there with us. Uh, this list is on our website, thesimpsonshow.com. It has links to all of our stuff on there. Um, uh, you go check all that stuff out. You know how websites work. Uh, before we go, you can find me online uh, on Twitter at Ravi Dorman. My website is RaviDorman.com. I recently re- redid it a little bit, made it a little bit cleaner. Uh, I have a new book. It's coming out uh, in the, the the first, basically a month from when you hear this. It's a War on Humanity. It is a sequel to my novel War on Halloween, my first sequel, uh, where the Dawsons from War on Halloween are, are have returned. Mike Dawson has returned with the, the terrible book from the first story and uh now the stakes are even higher as a threat of evasion from an extra dimensional source looms maybe from hell itself who's to say um i'm really excited about it 
uh, I'm pretty sure you heard a, if I did if I did all the work necessary, you heard a thing before the episode. Um, there's links in the show notes to go check it out. Go pre-order it. Really appreciate it if you do. Um, if you haven't checked out War on Halloween, now's the perfect time. Read it. And then War on Humanity when it comes out. I'm really proud of the book. Hope you go check it out. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. Uh, that is true. I spend all of my time taking care of adorable little kittens. In fact, I had to pause this recording partway through to go feed uh, the little man. But you can check him out on Instagram at kittenturns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-S. Uh, you can see how incredibly adorable he is. And if possibly you live in the Central Florida area, maybe, maybe you can adopt him. He, There's no word yet of whether he's planning on uh, putting together a team of uh, ex-military commandos to solve other problems. But we can just assume that's going to happen. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. Hey, you're about to say We're making such progress. Shh.